I mean, as as like lizards riding dicks go, it's pretty friendly. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. I'm Ben. <laughs> and this is Fools Your Tools, a podcast for the Randy Rancher. And uh, I'd just like to point out that you're not just Ben, you're Ben Snur the third. I'm Ben oh. Snur the third. Oof. Yes. This is like, this is the most prestigious guest that I think we've ever had on. Um, <laughs> as, far as, as far as pedigree goes, I think so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, ben, do you want to just, for those uh, sad few that don't know who you are, uh, do you want to just introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us what you've been up to in the last few weeks and uh, yeah, just let everyone know who you are. I am Ben Snur. I'm at Ben Snur on Instagram. I am a cattle rancher in the Texas Panhandle and also a tool maker. And here lately, I've just kind of been trying to hide from the heat. <laughs> it has it looks like a lot of swimming hot. going on. <laughs> there has been a lot of swimming. It has been entirely <laughs> too hot. I think it was 107 on Friday with like 40% humidity. Whoa. Oof. Oh my God. Yeah, how are the off how are the offspring handling that? Uh you know, they go outside and they get red and not sunburned, <laughs> but they just go outside and they play and just immediately their faces look like tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> and then they come back in, get a popsicle, and then go back out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, here it's been it's been I think uh like high eighties into the nineties. Um, here, but it's been like 98% humidity. It's been <laughs> fucking awful. And uh, even just like sitting doing the copper work with no heat on at all, it's been hot. But then when we have to get the, the forges and that going as well, it's been dire. But uh, right. Speaking of heat, Brett, what have you been up to? I have been, ooh, he did such a good job. I have been finishing up the grinder that I was posting stories about and everything. Um, unfortunately, waiting on email responses from uh, sponsory things is starting to become like a real bother, which I don't want to sound shitty about, but I don't like not being able to post a video because somebody has to sign off on it. Uh, and unfortunately, again, it's been like four re-edits and it takes a few hours every time. Kidding. I'm just, I'm like, I want to do these. I appreciate you sponsoring the video, but Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, again, nothing to really complain about. The phone bricking was the worst <laughs> thing that like, don't ever run an iOS update if you don't really have to, because it just destroyed my phone and, none of the customer service gave me any kind of uh, solution other than go buy a new one, which is bullshit. <laughs> Aside from that, um, I've got some forging projects that I really got to start this week, but the heat has been absolutely oppressive. We are also dealing with like 108-ish. And yes, it's a dry heat, but when you wake up, yeah, when you wake up at 8 o'clock, or seven o'clock and it's already almost a hundred degrees. It's just like your body just goes, no. It's just hateful. Yes. Yeah. yeah um, so spending a decent amount of time feeding the uh, Gary's and George's and pirate squirrels. That's, that's kind of taken up the majority of the mornings now <laughs> instead of getting to actual work. Uh, we got a lot of stuff going on in the, 
kind of between the Maker Ranch crew and everything, um, the I think I can announce this. It doesn't really matter if it's here, but the Container House is yeah. in the process of being sold, which Ooh. is fantastic, but also means that we have to get everything off of the property. Oh, fuck. Um, was that always the plan, to sell it? I think it got escalated. Like, the process kind of got escalated because Ben is planning on building this. I thought this. it was single story. Hey. <laughs> yeah, nice. The idea was that uh, he's going to start uh, building Make a Ranch 2. That will actually be the property he owns rather than yeah. the rental all right. that we're all in right now. Okay. Um, and because of that, it's just like, you know, dispersing all this time and energy to various properties and stuff. It was like, okay, scale back, get rid of the container house. But now that's just a lot of work ahead for, you know, building out a new house, working on the cabin, all those good things. So we got a lot of stuff in the works right now. We just wish it wasn't so goddamn hot. Is the Pirate Forge at the Maker Ranch or is it at your cabin? It is at my cabin. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if Pirate Forge is trademarked by the actual Pirate Forge guy in Florida. Pirate Ship Forge, whatever you call it. You call it something. <laughs> I, call it, I call it the Ship Shop, Ben. Ship Shop. There you go. All right, sorry. <laughs> no I like apology. Pirate Forge. Yeah. I like, ho- I like Hole in the Wall Forge, like a bandito. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> what we got here is a Mexican standoff. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> it's not really an impression of Ben. <laughs> no, that was... Brad Pitt from Inglorious Bastards, you bastard. Ah, uh, of course, yes. Well, sorry. see, I think uh, think of it as like a sun, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's go a little bit more classic than that. Yeah. Three Amigos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if only people could yeah, have yeah, said yeah. Theater of the mind, I did the Three Amigos salute. <laughs> I mean, technically, this is being recorded, so... Yeah. <laughs> farley, 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 Farley. Oh, that's beautiful. Would you say I have a plethora of piñatas? <laughs> I think El Huapo is probably one of the best written characters of like my childhood. Oh, I haven't seen that film in so long. Such oh, a good movie. Brilliant. All right, move uh, along. Yes. No real uh, updates from my Al, uh, what about you? What have you been up to? Um, talking of the heat, don't waste my <laughs> motherfucking time. Um, the for the first time, I was in the, the 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 shack and I was woodworking. Apologies, I've been doing a lot of woodworking. Um, <laughs> and just with a fucking full on because I have to have one of those big ass face masks because because yeah. of my beard, I can't just have like a regular dust mask. Um, and. It might have been like 95% humidity, but it was like 99% sawdust, the atmosphere in the shack. And I'm just there sweating my balls off, just like full sawdust everywhere all day, uh, playing in this massive slab. And it was just so fucking hot. And I was just like, I feel so sorry for anyone in like an actual hot country. It has to, <laughs> it has to do like any kind of like physical activity, like yeah. woodworking <laughs> or forging or anything that's like requ- requires energy and like physical movement in the heat. Fuck me. Yeah. It was just like, everything is just like, and these slabs are ridiculous. Like the, the about 450 pound each. Mm-hmm. And this morning I rigged up like a, um, a chain hoist in the roof. So I could actually start to lift these things up, <laughs> but lifting them up and down is like, Oh, well and good, but I still got to flip them around. Yeah. 
So I'm there, like, trying to flip this 450-pound fucking slab. <laughs> <laughs> Is this for that 20-person table? Fuck yeah. Um, right. Yeah, and, and there's two of them, because they're going. So I'm, I'm going to join them and then put them side by side. Yeah. The problem is, it's well, it's actually longer than the workshop because I had to build an extension on the workshop for it to fit in. But it's basically the width of the workshop as well. <laughs> so I'm in there and I'm trying to maneuver this thing, and it's the height and the width and the length of the shop. So there's nowhere for me to stand. So I'm like standing like under it with this thing above me. It was basically like when I built the fucking shack, and I'm there like <laughs> lifting the thing up with my legs. <laughs> it's like this is this is how I die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Luckily, it's on film. Hopefully, somebody edits what edits it well when they come and find the camera. Yeah, um, I'll I'll take that responsibility. <laughs> Thanks. Um, say, not to forget though that that's not even like it's not like you're even just in the shack doing it. You've had to extend the shack out to be able to do it as well. Yeah. And <laughs> that photo you sent, like the where you've got the two slabs in. How the fuck do you get in and out of the door? Because there's like that much space either yep. side of it. So I've got to climb over it. So I spent most of the time just walking up and down on the slabs. Um, <laughs> And then, like, shifting them to the side, putting my feet, like, in between the trestle tables. Fuck me. Yeah. It's, it's such hard work. Um, <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, like, I've spent, like, two solid days on it now, and I haven't even started building the fucking table. I've been Jesus. building, like, router sleds and, like, yeah. cranes in the roof so I can lift the thing and all these trestle tables and uh, all this stuff that I'm having to, I'm having to make in order to make a table. Um, I guess if you were doing like production shit, this would be yeah. fine because then you could just keep making we, tables. Yeah. But I'm yeah. making one table, and I've got to make <laughs> all this shit just to make one fucking table. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going to be great. It's just really really hard work milling something that big. Yeah, yeah, I do not envy you there, man. That's but it's beautiful. Fun. Like now, I've taken the, taken the edge off it, and you can actually mm. see the see the grain and stuff. Oh man, yeah. I can see, oak, I can see it? why I can see why people like woodworking. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's oak, isn't it? Yeah. So I bet, I bet that smells beautiful. It smells well. amazing. Yeah. I love oak. <laughs> um yeah, man, that sounds uh that sounds like fucking torture. Mm. Like, I'm not envious of you at all. Um because I suppose as well, you're only doing that in the evenings, aren't you? This is true. Yeah, so it's it's still muggy as fuck, but you've spent all day being hot <laughs> and yeah, fuck that. Um yeah, I, on the other hand, uh, I have done nothing outside of work, work. Like, um, the evenings have been uh, fairly, fairly relaxed, which is nice. Um, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we were doing uh, a few other bits um, and had some plans to go and see some friends, but they had to cancel. So ended up having some nice chilled out evenings, which has been really, really good. It's um, It's nice kind of being able to do nothing at the moment because as we've all said it's fucking hot and i don't <laughs> do well in the heat um but uh but yeah like the the work stuff has been busy where um i think everyone's probably seen the posts that we've put up we've cancelled all the classes until march next year um that's been a discussion that's been going on for a while um talking about like how we can like if we were to run them how we can do it safely and all this and the fact that the the guidelines and everything change constantly so it was it just became this thing where we would spend like every couple of days we'd spend a good hour or so going around in circles discussing what if we do it how can we do it safely what can we do about this what can we do about that how many people are we going to get in at one time and and all of this and 
eventually we're just going to say, well, fuck it. Let's just sack it off until next year when we know, like, we've got a good idea of what the state of play is and let's just concentrate on um, getting shit built. Um, so it now means that we're turning the, um, the teaching workshop into a production workshop and we're just cracking on with stuff. Um, next week is going to be a bit more exciting because we're working on... Um, uh, with the guys are doing uh, a load of axe making. Um, I've got some other bits that I've got to do, but I'm taking at least a day to do uh, a couple of axes as well. Um, so that'd be good fun. Um, but we have got a little bit of maintenance to do beforehand because uh, I think it was on Friday, th- no, Thursday and Friday, uh, I broke the power hammer twice. Um, <laughs> and uh, one of them, like on Thursday, it was uh, one of the dies had come loose and basically got worked <clears throat> got worked whilst it was loose and we think that's cracked um like the dovetail that that seals it in place which is not good but we've looked and it's like okay we can we can keep using that for a bit we've got some more dies on the way anyway so it's it's fine if it explodes then just don't be in the way um that's kind of our attitude with it at the moment uh and it also has a load of um uh nuts that hold on the the kind of where the ram comes down um there's like a a disc with a slot in it that it comes down through and um and that's got a load of nuts that hold that on and friday afternoon uh joe finished early but he's had me making a load of stuff on the power hammer because i don't like using the power hammer um just because i i'd much rather do it by hand than using a uh the hammer for it um mostly because the stuff that I'm doing is like simple tapers and stuff like that. And I just find it fucking boring. I'd rather do it by hand because that's part of the job that I enjoy. Um, and I love using power hammers, but just not for repetitive, simple shit like this. Um, but uh, so he had me doing this just because he wanted me to get some practice in so that uh, in a couple of weeks I can take over doing a load of the handle work, um, which, and they all get made on the power hammer. Um, so, he leaves at lunchtime and literally five minutes after he uh, like driven out, one of these nuts just fell off. And whilst I was in the middle of forging, it's like, dunk, 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 dunk. Like, oh, shit, what, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? I just stopped everything, <laughs> turned the machine off and was like, where has that nut come out from? What, what have I broken now? <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, it's just that nut. And I had a look. I was like, okay, it's just come loose. That's fine. Started putting it uh, back on. I was like, well, whilst I'm doing it, I'm just going to go around and tighten up all the other nuts. So started doing that, and like the third or fourth nut that I was tightening up just sheared off straight away. I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. Right, I'm done with the power hammer for today. It's too strong. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> just too strong. Too yeah. much, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I uh, I broke that and then phoned Al to say, uh, just so you know, I'm not using the power hammer anymore today because I've, I've broken it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> because... Because the heat had gotten to me a little bit, I couldn't say power hammer. I kept calling it a power hammy. It's just like, oh fuck! No wait, the the power hammy. I mean, the power hammy. Fuck. Um, yeah. So I had a really good afternoon on Friday, and <laughs> luckily, I think I was too busy laughing at me not being able to use my brain that he wasn't that upset about the fact that I'd broken a power hammer. Um, but, but yeah, that was kind of that was my day. Um, now, I can't tell if you've got like a Chrysler V8 on the brain. Or just like this massive ham. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely just a massive ham. But 
but yeah, because no, I that was one of the things I was gonna I um I was gonna talk to you guys about is the fact that like for me the I love using the press uh, when we had a press um and I love like I'm really looking forward to us getting a press back in the workshop um and Ben I know you had like some trouble getting used to working a press after you uh, initially bought it because you you were so used to using the power hammer oh yeah but i don't know what it is about power hammers like if i'm using like if i'm just there's a big chunk of steel and i'm just making lots of noise and and smashing something out then yeah great that's that's fun but for especially the smaller stuff that we no, do no, and no. like it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> i kind of thought you you said because yours you've got a what, 100 pounds 100 pound little giant nice yeah see that i I'd, I'd love to have but it's just you know the press there you know there's a learning curve to all of it and even whenever yeah. i got the hammer you know everybody talks about you get a power hammer and how much stuff you can do to it so i thought well hell i'm going to be able to get a make hammers with it and basically i'll cut off a billet just set it over there by the p power hammer walk back in five minutes and there's going to be a hammer made <laughs> but it's not the case you know there's just yeah. a learning curve and you got to tool up and then i got the press and i was like well they kind of do the same thing it's going to be great <laughs> but i just kept screwing everything up in slow yeah. motion yeah <laughs> you just watch yourself fuck it up at like half speed <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it it's happening but it's, but, it's there's just a learning curve to all of them yeah because i think like i I've used um I've used a few different power hammers and they're great for like drawing stuff out and simple stuff like that. Like if you're making tongs, tongs with a power hammer is fucking great. Um but I don't know, I just like so one of the things that I was doing Friday afternoon, I was making we were doing nails. So it's like a three inch taper just over and over and over again. And um if I'm doing them by hand, I I enjoy the entire process. Like it, it, you know, it might be four hours of just doing these tapers and I can do that and I can enjoy it, but doing it on the power hammer, I just find it. It's fine. I can do it and I will do it. And it's, it's not boring, like sitting and putting numbers in a spreadsheet is, but it's, it's almost, it almost feels like that. It feels more like a kind of a data entry sort of job. I'm just, the machine's doing all the work and I'm just holding. But that's just steel. production work, no matter what yeah. you're doing yeah i guess but i mean I, I think with when i'm doing it with uh with a hand hammer at least i feel a little bit more involved does that make sense yeah but, yeah and well yeah i can i can understand that here lately i've kind of been you know pretty much all i make is hammers yeah and here lately i've just sort of gotten a little bit burnt out on it and i've been just doing stuff with the hand hammer making bottle openers and stuff just to yeah. get back to doing what i like and and kind of have a little bit of a reset yeah and i hell like i said it's been so hot here lately and i've been having just a bunch i've had a bunch of ranch work i've got to do moving cows getting water fixed various shit like that yeah that i'll only get like an hour at a time to go forge and that isn't enough to really get in the groove of making hammers and so then i'll just you know i've been like i said making bottle openers or playing around yeah. with other things with the hand mm -hmm. hammer that i don't ordinarily get to do so the the one that you made recently, the one the bottle opener with the little clip on the back, uh -huh. um, that like I tried make, when I first set up my forge, I tried making one because I was like, oh, that's such a good idea. That's the one. Hey. 
Um, I was like, that's such a good idea because you know you can have it as you can clip it on your belt or in your pocket, yeah. and you can use it for opening cans and all that. And I remember trying it then, and th- I mean, this is like four years ago, I think, and I could not, for the life of me, get it right. And it was just because I was completely inexperienced and didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but I. I totally forgotten about doing that and having seen that i really want to have another go at doing it just because i'm like fuck yeah I, i'd forgotten that that's a really cool thing to do so expect in the next few weeks you'll see me completely ripping off that idea and, and <laughs> it. but it'll have like yeah. dragon scales on this <laughs> there you go <laughs> Fucking i thought we weren't spiffing chris no no we're not allowed to talk about him but uh because actually that was something else what i um I listened to uh, the interview that you did with Jeff on the Full Blast podcast. Yeah. And um, I, it's the second time I've listened to it. And I've, re- I've been really enjoying the um, the episodes that he's been doing um, where he's been getting people on it. it they've, I don't know what it is about the way that he, uh, he kind of lets people talk and the, the questions he asks, but they're really good interviews. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one of the things I think you were say- talking about on uh, – one of the things you were talking about on it was um, about making stuff that's that has a function that's that's useful, um, yeah. as opposed to just doing like the the kind of creative sculptory sort of stuff. And yeah, I'm I'm not artistic. I can't draw a stick figure, hmm. and I also just maybe it's what I do for a living. I. I there's just not any room for useless things with me is it's, yeah. it's gotta have a function, but if it, it's got a function, it may as well look good too. And that's kind yeah. of my whole mentality. Yeah, definitely. Cause I think like uh, the, the hammers that you make, the, the bow tie hammers, they're so nice looking. I mean, especially the ones where, um, where you've got the engraving on it as well, but just, yep. just as like a, just a plain, simple one because of that design, they're just a really nice looking hammer. Um, Thank you. It's quite right. And I, what I really like is I like the fact that you've you've managed to maintain that kind of that farrier rounding hammer um, function, but without it looking like every other press forged blacksmith's rounding hammer that's out there at the moment. Because there's there's so many that are out there that are all a very 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 similar sort of style and design, but without. There's only so much you can do to a damn hammer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But the, I mean, they, they, all, they, all, they all have they all have leather effect tooling on them, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah all I mean, I see so many of those around. <laughs> well, I, I mean, but it's still got the. I mean, it's still rounding hammer shape. I yeah, mean, yeah. no matter what, it's going to be a rock on a stick. Yeah, and it's just trying to pretty up that rock as much as you can and that idea was my wife's idea and it was you know i thought i put it in the post she was like can you tool steel like leather i was like no way (laughs) (laughs) stupid and then i got to thinking and i was like well you know maybe yeah you know we can't use leather tools those aren't going to work at all we're going to have to make something and so we got home we didn't have the kids for a week I, i got in the shop and made a tool made her a hammer and i'm not gonna lie i took a lot of extra time on her hammer to make it just (laughs) right 
and we did it. And we with the first side was not quite as good. We did a little trial run, looked good. First side of the hammer was not quite as great. Second time turned out perfect. Yeah. And uh yeah, it's an ass ache. It is a big <laughs> ass ache to do that. I mean, I like I I love the look of it because I've got a um I've got a my first rounding hammer it was like a one and three quarter pound i think um and it was a it was actually an alex steel hammer but it was the ones that he did with uh jake farham and um jake farham did all the uh like the tooling work on it and ever since i'd seen that i really really liked um that sort of style of of, of i mean he was just using simple tooling chisels and so i've seen a lot of that stuff done but i've I have never seen anything like that. And it is, it's, it's the sort of thing that I would expect Brett to, to do like, and I mean that as a, like completely as a compliment, but it, it's, the sort of, yeah. And, and it's the sort of thing where he'd go like, Oh, well, I do a lot of leather work. Maybe I could just actually, <laughs> yeah, fuck it. I'll do that. But at the same time, I would fully expect Brett to try and do it with a, a leather damp, uh, leather yeah, stamp, and then of go, of course, oh, fuck. <laughs> I broke 30 I thought these were made it. out of tool steel. Come yeah, on, yeah. what the hell? Leather stamps are generally not made out of tool steel. They're just kind of bullshit steel. Yeah, I mean, we because they don't have to be hard. Yeah, right. I think we've got some that are out of pewter or something. Yeah. Oh golly. Yeah, they're all soft. Speaking but, of soft metal, uh, I went and played golf a while back. <laughs> Why did you? Do That's that? what golf balls are made out of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, once a year I play golf with my brother-in-law and I got mad at golf. And so I went home and I stuck one of my golf clubs in the forge seat. I was just going to mash it flat in the power hammer. <laughs> I don't know what nice. golf clubs are made out of, but it completely melted like lead all over the floor of my oh, forge. Oh, gross. I got, I, got, I, got, I got like 50 golf clubs because they were they were giving them away for like 10 pennies each at a car boot sale. Yeah, and I, kept, I kept going back throughout the day and they just kept dropping the prices and I just went at the end of the day. So I've got in the shack, I've just got a whole fucking bunch of golf clubs and I'm like, one day I'm going to do something with them. But is it, is it, all, is it all just bullshit? Yeah, don't forge them. All right, fuck. <laughs> no, uh, I, I don't know. You might be able to work them cold. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I, I have to Google it now. What are they made of? Um, uh, you know, some are made out of steels, but I, this one damn sure wasn't. I wonder if it's like and aluminium it or something. It, well, they're like really grainy. It's like really gross. Uh, I don't like know. I've cut into it one was, and it was not. It, it was yeah. not nice. Like Wait, I said, we, it just melted. Like blade. The yeah, the not, blade? not yeah, not the, the wood one. Like a like okay. a uh, wedge. Yeah, so and, I used to work. <laughs> I used to work in golf course maintenance for like six years of my life. That's what I did. So ah, there are. I, would I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what kind or what brand you were using, but there are the mixes that they use have to have, I guess, similar to like knife making. There's there's springier, softer stuff that's mixed in with your harder stuff, and uh, brands like. Callaway and all these, they'll and Ping. I think they'll do like titanium mixes, right? Where they're mm. super durable, so they won't dent. But technically, it's not like hardened tool steel or like a hardened knife steel. So it's not about having this this rebound into the golf ball. You know, like as you hit it, it's not the springy nature. It needs to be super tough, so that when you dink it into the sand or into super hard dirt 
you don't break your golf club. They worry more about the durability of the club rather than like the driving capabilities. That makes technically, a lot of sense. Technically, you could just make a driver with a head the size of a cinder block. <laughs> and you, like because of physics and things, you may end up being able to get a further drive, but it'll do weird shit to your swing speeds. <laughs> like the technicality. Well, I, I had a nice, I had a ping golf club that I carried around the back of the pickup for a long time. And I'd hit golf, hit rocks with it. <laughs> it lasts a long time. But see, they last forever, right? Because they're super, super durable. Yeah. And you got yeah. to imagine that if that was a really hard steel, like a hardened steel, yeah. you'd, you'd crack it and blow up yeah. into a thousand pieces. And because there are enough like shitty golfers and they have to play to their lowest common denominator, they have to make, they care more about the durability of the club than they do like extending your, your chip shot yeah. 20 yeah. feet. You know, they don't really care. <laughs> Coming up next on Golf Talk. Wait, <laughs> hey, man, you learn a lot of weird things. Feet. What? People can chip over 20 feet? Well, depends <laughs> on what your definition of a chip is, but yeah, technically. Oh, no. See, I, oh. I've just got this wonderful image of you now out on the ranch, just tailgate open, stood in the bed of your pickup, just hucking like rocks with a golf club miles into the air. <laughs> you're... you're vastly overestimating my golf talent. <laughs> I, it started out right. Yeah. And I was not in the bed of the truck, just beside it, and like just kind of rolling them along the ground. <laughs> and swinging as hard as I can. Yeah. I, uh, just hitting rocks. I, I remember yep. like years ago, um, in the UK, we've got this thing called uh, the Young Farmers Clubs. And um, it's basically because in rural areas obviously there's um a lot of space between you and your nearest neighbor and so a lot of younger people don't get a huge chance to socialize especially in the farming community because generally you're either working or working and um and so we used to have these clubs where you could all get together and and hang out on that and uh and they used to do different um like you, you go on different days out and they'd organize trips and, and all this and it'd be like a a tour of a factory or whatever or go paintballing or something and um and we did one and it was a like a golf day so if you imagine like 30 or 40 uh farmers between the ages of 14 and 27 uh all descending on a golf course quite a nice posh golf course uh with like so you fit like four people in a car so three quarters of them are drinking uh at 10 in the morning before we've even got there and <laughs> just basically just hitting golf balls as hard as humanly possible but same as you like everyone's absolutely terrible because they've got no technique to it whatsoever so these balls are like they're going off in all directions but they're not really going very far and um and there was a one guy that actually knew what he was doing. So every so often he'd just go up and be like, give people a few tips. And I uh, I was like, okay, I'll listen to what he says and you know, nipples up and back <laughs> like then and all this, whatever the fuck it is. And uh, and swung and hit. And it was one of those moments where it's like it starts flying through the air and it's going, fuck, this is going really far. And then it's about 10 meters away from hitting someone in the side of the head before I'm like, four! <laughs> <laughs> I missed them by about that much. It was fucking great. Uh, but, um, the whole man, golf deal, it's a yeah. drinking game. 
Yeah. It's, it's just an excuse to walk around or drive a golf cart, hit yeah. something, and drink. Yeah. 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 It's like like fishing last week. Like we had no yep. intention of ever catching anything. <laughs> just, like, just smoke cigarettes and drink a bunch of beer and yeah. sit in the sunshine. It was like, yeah. <laughs> so that that classic of like you pull pull it up and it's got a fish in the end. Fuck! What do I do now? The thing is, we were down we were down on Get the off. beach and like <laughs> yeah. every, every time the the sand was like really really fine sand down on the beach mm. we were at, almost like clay. Yeah. And basically, every time you cast, it just went straight through into the fucking sand <laughs> and basically just got stuck. So every time we cast, like, there was lots of kids and families around. They were like, oh, they've caught something. They've caught something. It's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> At the best, That's it's so a bit brilliant. of seaweed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aren't there some getting... of... Speaking of fishing, isn't somewhere like over in Wales some or somewhere over in your neck of the woods, isn't there some massive, just enormous catfish in some rivers? Y'all ever see that show River Monsters? Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't I thought he was over in England or somewhere in the UK fishing and caught a humongous catfish. You sure that wasn't Loch Ness? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Nessie. <laughs> uh, catfish in England. Yes. Yeah, they're the largest freshwater fish we have in the UK. There I must you go. admit, there I, I, like Al, I've never been properly fishing. I've just <laughs> gone places with a fishing got, rod and gone I've really got drinking drunk. with you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> gone drinking next to a river. Um, but yeah, because well, I know we've got like a load of trout um, around this area. Um, but yeah, I don't know about catfish. That's fuck. I'm just looking at pictures on Google of catfish now, and they're massive and ugly. Yeah, um, and they taste awful. Yeah, oh, well, they really do. Oh, I like catfish because <laughs> they're bottom feeders, aren't they? Yeah, no, well, I wonder if they kind of eat anything. Um, because uh, I can't remember fucking who it was. Everybody it likes was... tasting dirt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was a, it was a pike that he caught. I think it was Hugh from River Cottage. Uh, caught a pike and then set up this weird contraption so next the to the fish... river and put yeah. it that's exactly what i was thinking about yeah yeah, yeah. no that was that was a catfish i think it was yeah yeah because that's that when ben said that i was like yeah that sounds like something that he would do yeah yeah so basically to explain to people that don't know <laughs> that aren't me and al um <laughs> had this uh caught this fish and then set up like a, a another trough next to the river that had river water going through it like fresh river water flowing through it but it was set up in such a way that the fish couldn't get out either end, but the, the water would go through. And it was basically just to clear out all the, the sediment and mud and shit that was in the fish's system. So I think he left it in there for like a week and a half or something like that. Um, it's like what they then, do with them, like uh, commercial snails. For yeah. The cooking, they just basically just feed them like barley and water. So they mm. don't, they don't, they're not, eating soil and dirt so then they even change color so like snails go like almost like transparent instead yeah. of like this disgusting like brown green color um, <laughs> and then they, they taste delicious it's like yeah, you yeah, feed enough do. barley to anything it's gonna taste delicious <laughs> I, I thought all they did with snails was just cover them in garlic like well, that shit, as well. yeah <laughs> that will make you know, enough, like, enough, enough, enough yeah. chili powder and garlic anything's gonna be delicious right oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm hungry now um, well, now, now all I'm thinking about is just the weird little like offshoot hobbies, not even hobbies, but dumb things you do that take hours and hours. Because like, think about a round of golf or going fishing. You don't go out for like a half hour and just call it quits. 
regardless <laughs> yeah. of whether you catch anything yeah. or get a hole in one 18 holes of golf takes fucking forever 18 holes yeah. of golf is entirely too much golf six holes <laughs> that's all i give a shit about that's all i'm good for <laughs> See, nobody needs we, to play 18 holes of fucking golf yeah that's very true we used to okay so my job was was grounds crew maintenance right like mowing fairways and moving holes around and weed eating um we had to show up at 5 a.m to get started because we needed a few hours of of getting everything mowed before golf would show up and without fail it was just a bunch of 60 year old retired white dudes or or mostly retired white dudes with a ton of money because it was an expensive golf course who just spent the entire day shanking balls into every other direction rather than the one that they needed to and flirting with the cart girls to see if they could you know if they still got it and just drink a ton of beer This all Not sounds a, great. <laughs> and then there was the a bar was, at the end. For, well, yeah. six holes. The bar, for six holes. The bar was at the end. But, yeah, here's the kicker is that, like, I'd see these guys start around, you know, 630 would be, like, the first round or the first tee off. And I would be almost done working for the day seven, six, seven hours later, and those guys would just be finishing. I'm like, your entire morning has been spent. <laughs> doing this and now you're all hammered and like i'll watch you drive your super expensive car home you know out of the parking lot just like i feel like you probably didn't get much accomplished today and the reason i'm bringing this up is like at least with forging i can spend six to eight hours forging and know that i've made progress and it's super fulfilling so al you made all these tooling situations to deal with the project that you're working on and even though it's not progress on the project you're making progress on the project in a sense. Plain same. When it comes to like <laughs> fishing, I know it's to like get a little escape, go relax. We're not spiffing Chris Cash, but he loves going fishing. <laughs> and you just spend hours and hours and hours on the water. Like maybe you catch something, maybe you don't. But why is that so important to people that it becomes this hobby or like go spend $2,000 on golf clubs so that you can not be good at golf? But you do it on the weekends. Because <laughs> you got to have something to relax. You enjoy yeah. forging. If you did it every, like Steve, he's doing that as a full-time job. You're doing it all the time. It's Hell, it's like him saying he runs a power hammer. It's just work after a while. Yeah. Mm. It's like me making hammers. It started out as just a hobby, and it was fun. And now it's, I mean, I still enjoy it, but it is work. And right. so I want to do something else. I don't want to yeah. go hit golf balls, but I hell, I want to go fly fishing. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I mean, uh, like, it, I think it's a weird one because it's that whole like, what do you do to unwind? And I, we we've touched on it a little bit before about the whole like, you know, if your um, if your hobby turns into your job, then it no longer becomes a hobby. You no longer enjoy it. Like, I haven't been down to my workshop and and worked in there for a while. That's more because of a different situation because I don't enjoy it. But at the weekends now, I still kind of. I'll still go to the workshop and work on fun things and do some fun projects. But at the same time, I'm also more and more kind of um, looking at the other things that I want to do. Um, and I, I love the idea of going golfing or going fishing, but doing it purely for the social and drinking aspect of it. Like I remember um, it, I was thinking about when you were saying about these, these rich white guys going uh, for 
playing a few games at, at your local club, Brett. Um, but or not your local one, the one that you were working in. But when I was 18, 19, um, one of my friends had uh, gone away to university and uh, he was back for like a, a half term or a weekend or something like that. And him and his dad always used to go golfing because he used to live in the Philippines and they used to be able to go out golfing and when it was nice weather and enjoy the sun and it was all lovely. And uh, and so he got me and another friend because he was back like, right, we're all going to meet up and we're going to go golfing. And he wanted us all to wear Hawaiian shirts and Bermuda shorts, <laughs> which like, yeah, fine. Why, why wouldn't you do that? Except this was in like February of in England. So it was fucking <laughs> freezing cold, sideways rain. Uh, luckily, I wasn't driving. So I like I, I had a, a hip flask with me thinking like, oh, I'm not going to need it, but I'll just grab it anyway. Um, and at one point, I'd, I'd go out, I'd swing, like get get my ball as far down the green as possible. And then I'd just go stand in the bushes because it was like half a degree warmer, but where there was no air movement, just supping out of this hip flask. And yeah, that I would quite happily do again. But um, but I think I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with Brett. At this this kind of like hobby pastime thing, bit of escapism. I kind of feel like there needs to be something at the end of it, like whether yeah, you've bar. made something, no, like a, a an end product. Yeah. Like with fishing, you can come on with a fish. Yeah, like with golf, it's like, will I just do it again? Oh, I, I, I can, I can see. You got to be able to take pride in a shot well hit or like fly mm. fishing. Yeah, yes. You have a really nice cast. You yeah. Even if you didn't catch a fish on that, well, that, that's cast, what we do. That's me. It was just like that's... it was just super nice casting. It's like uh, who had, who had the best cast or the furthest cast. It was like we were never going to catch anything. It was just see, and it and yeah. it's kind of that joy in that, and you can take pride in that. And, yeah. you know, another thing, I do some, we shoot, we're in Texas, we shoot guns, we shoot ski, and then we shoot long distance. You do not. I, I shit you not, we do. Uh, but, you know, like, if you're out shooting past a thousand yards, you hit a, you hear the ring of a target at a mile. Yeah. yeah. That is a, it's just like, well, shit, I can go home. That I feel great. <laughs> Let's have some beer. Gun drop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just taking that joy out of just those individual moments of of yeah. whatever that activity is. Well, it's it's that thing of of uh, self improvement and and being competitive not with everyone else but with yourself and going fuck yeah that I I know I did that I know that's really good and I know that's better than I did last week or the week before or whatever and and being able to look back at it and say you know what I've done a, a year ago I. I couldn't shoot further than 500 yards and still hit the target. Now yeah. I can, I can shoot a thousand yards and I can hit the target nine times out of 10 sort of thing. Like it's, it, it's like playing golf or throwing axes or doing anything like that. It's, it's about that, those incremental improvements that make you take pride in your ability, whether that ability has any use whatsoever outside of that very specific thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, if if the apocalypse happens and we're all like fucked and trying to survive, being able to hit a golf ball into a hole a hundred yards down the fairway is is not particularly useful. But you might be hunting rabbits. You know, yeah, then. exactly. Yeah, 
that's the thing is there's always these things where you go actually i could use it and do this and yeah you can but um but i think like having something where you can see those little incremental improvements it is it's kind of it's, it's like with me going to the gym like i i feel a genuine self genuine sense of accomplishment when i beat a personal best um because it's it's that that whole thing of of improvement and you know i feel relaxed and good and and great afterwards because of the endorphins that get released and all of that but even just being able to say like i i have no interest in being able to go up to someone in the bar and say ah i can lift this much weight look at how great i am and that doesn't i don't give a shit about that but that um like for me like that internally that feels good it's like fuck yeah i'm better than i was yesterday or better than i, I, was think, last I think i think you hit the nail yeah. on the head there steve it's when it becomes serious so hmm. i can absolutely understand people playing around a golf it's when people take it seriously hmm. and it like surely then the fun is out the fucking window hmm. and also nobody else cares yeah, I, <laughs> I can. Yeah, I went and did some long range shooting competitions. I did two of them, and I said, "I'm never doing it again. This isn't yeah. fun. It's too serious. I just want to hang let out me drink. with my friend." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really. Like, I just want to sit around, hang out with my friend, shoot for a little bit, and then drink beer. Yeah, <laughs> it's not my... fun once it became. It wasn't fun at all when it once it became a competition. Yeah, because mm-hmm. once it becomes a competition, once you're taking it seriously, it then becomes like being like a profession because yeah, you know, you, you have. Yeah, exactly. And and that's and you have stops to being enjoyable. Yeah. But also um, it's not personal. Like if, if it's a hobby, yeah. like you're doing the hobby because you like it. You know, and to your point, Steve, about the gym thing, it's like you're competing against yourself. If suddenly yeah. you're competing against someone else, it's just fucking work. It's back to yeah. work again. It's like yeah. I need to make more money than them. I need to, you know, like I'm yeah. visit I'm in competition. It's a fucking business. Yeah. Exactly. I I yeah. I mean I've I've got a friend um over here and he he shoots and he is very good at shooting and he's got to travel quite a long way to go to a range um to be able to shoot that does more than Texas. Um, yeah <laughs> um but yeah he, he's got to travel a fair distance to be able to shoot because he does long distance shooting he does like a thousand yards or something um but he's not been able to shoot since uh lockdown started over here so it's been over six months since he last got to shoot. I mean, if, if if there's ever social distancing, surely it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but like, and he's done competitions, and the the club that he's part of, they really want him to do to take it more seriously and to do more competitions and all that. And he's like, no, I I do this for fun. You know, I I have to drive for three hours to get here. I want to be able to just shoot and enjoy it and not have any pressure, not have any yeah. worries. I just want to be able to enjoy shooting without this sense of oh well i've got to do this and oh if i'm having a bad day that means it's terrible like no if i'm having a bad day then i'm just going to go to the bar instead like it's it it should be fun it should be enjoyable and adding that pressure onto it just makes it suck yeah man that makes that's such a good way of looking at it though like why why do we require these things but also when do they become not necessarily when does it become work but it was the people, and I'm going to keep going back to the golf course. It was the people that would show up, and you knew just because you could see it from a mile away. Like, okay, super expensive golf bag, and I don't care if these guys are rich. It's I, I don't care if they just have expendable money. It's the idea that you spent 
$10,000 on a set of golf clubs. You're terrible at the sport and you're out here every weekend, not trying to get better. I can't really look at the guy and go, well, screw you. You're not taking it serious enough. He does whatever he wants. Yeah. He's having, he's fun, having fun. He's having a good time. It was the people that would come out there and go, well, you know, I, I really didn't do well this week. I shot two over and, you know, I'm really trying to get into, to what? Get into like pro-am? What, what are you yeah. trying to do? No sponsors are coming your way. If you're not out here to enjoy it and you're taking it seriously because you're challenging yourself, the appreciation should come out of that rather than kicking yourself in the butt. old and you think you're going to be Tiger Woods all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. It's never going to happen. Yeah. I, I loved rock climbing and I, I wish I, you know, was still doing it as much as I was in the past, but it's such a self-serving sport until yeah. you get to a certain level. Like they, they will tell you like, if you can climb these kind of things indoor or outdoors, you might want to think about it because you could make money going and, and doing your hobby. But I would say 99% of people that climb or that I climbed with, no one's ever going to get sponsored. And oh, it yeah. is 100% your own deal to either get better or just go and like scramble around on some rocks. It doesn't really matter. Like if you're taking it serious because you wanted to get better, then you'll see, you know, muscle development and strength development. You'll do a cool move on a wall and you'll be like, hey, that was really fucking crazy that I went yeah. upside down and then held my entire <laughs> body from two fingers. There are cool moments like that. But I don't really remember going to the gym and having people be like, I don't know, man, I've been on this thing for two weeks and I can't get it. I'm just, I'm losing my mind. You know, no one got that angry because it was like, you're a glorified child right now. You're climbing yeah. on stuff. No one's going to, no one's going to say you're not a good person because you're back didn't. on the monkey bars. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Go do some more pull-ups. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I really like that analogy. I, I'm the, the gym that I go to, I, I know that there's a lot of guys that take it really seriously. Like there's there's people that do compete, um, but even out of those, the vast majority of them compete because they enjoy it. It's just it's an added bit of fun and a bit of challenge. Like they don't take it very seriously. They're not expecting to get sponsored or anything like that. Um, but there's that that kind of friendly competition, like a a Sunday morning football league versus you know, actually taking it seriously and actually being like, no, no, I can't, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And and yeah, I think it's finding that balance between, I, I swear every week I end up saying it's finding that balance. Um, but it's, it is, it's finding a balance between taking it seriously to give yourself the, um, like the impetus to improve and to do better and just having fun and not, not adding pressure that's unnecessary. Um, but, uh to kind of go away from that and to go completely on a personal thing brett you're now in california you're in joshua tree i've seen photos of um ben and mike and jess and everyone climbing all over loads of rocks is there not like a shitload of places there like obviously it's a bit warm to be doing it at the moment but are you going to be taking it up again now that you're over there um that's the idea i mean the the parks have been closed since shutdown. Of so course, yeah. the thing is when you, when you switch to outdoor, you have two choices. There's bouldering, which you have to have a crash pad for like big fluky yeah, yeah, pad. Yeah. 
because you're climbing not very high off the ground, but you have no ropes or anything I see mattresses on the side of the road all the time. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That's it. It works the exact same way too, trust me. Like a spring mattress falling 10 feet totally catches your fall. Yeah. Um, So you you can go out by yourself and and take your, your crash pad, and if you fall... Hope for the best, but you know yeah. you can only move the crash pad so much. So if you got a long route, how do you move yeah. the pad underneath you the whole time? So you got to have somebody else or mattress. <laughs> Take all ten mattresses and just make like bouncy yeah. house style. I love yeah. that. Um, and then like the real the the thing that I enjoy the most was sport climbing. So where you have the bolts in the wall and you climb, you know, thirty meters up and then rappel down, um, and you clip in on the way. That you have to have more people for, at least one other person. You have to have the gear for, and, you know, it's just fucking hot. So, like, no one wants to do that right now. But no one climbs around here. So, I've still got my shoes and and certain bits of gear. It would be nice. that I know it's available out there. And I I will go and scramble. Like, we all have definitely gone and do, like, little scramble runs. But it's not not climbing, per se. It's more just uh, difficult walking. Yeah, <laughs> walking with hiking. things in the way. Yeah, it's it's hiking with a, a little bit more of a hurdle. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I, I guess there must be like climbing places and that nearby as well. But yeah, but man, yeah. I just want to forge. I would, I would honestly, I would prefer going over every day and just working in the forge to yeah. get better at that because I really do enjoy it. But man, like the last couple of times I've gone over there, I've either had to start doing the really late start where I go over at like six or seven o'clock at night mm. and that helps out quite a bit. But th- that means I got to try and fill the day and also not be too tired by seven o'clock to uh, not forge for four or five hours. That's the way I do it nearly year round. I, I don't, I do most of my work after the kids go to bed and especially in the summer, it's just so damn hot. Uh, <laughs> I just want the it's, thumbnail of this podcast to be like Ben Southern Dandy just fanning himself on the porch <laughs> like a mint julep. <laughs> Probably arrange that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's there's no time. It, it's hot and there's no time, and I got a full time job, and my job is very involved as it is. Yeah. That the the nighttime work that there's just like what you were saying is you got to do your job, but then not be completely worn out at the end of the day at eight o'clock to go work and try to work yeah. to, for like three, four hours. It's a uh, you don't want to go bouldering. You don't want to go fly fishing. You don't want to go do other shit. You just want to go do the work you have. Try to maintain energy, energy, stay cool and then work at night on kind of your passion project. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the biggest issue with that though, is like you have to start planning for your, for your fun time or planning yeah. for your hobby. That part kind of sucks. You know, you think about, you think about planning a, a weekend around just going fishing and going, Hey, Saturday morning, we'll wake up, take the day off, go fishing. Like There might be some logistics and planning involved in that, but, to go and want to like forge or go to your workshop and actually have to plan that time. That sucks. I hate that feeling. You're like, why can't I just walk down there and go do whatever I want to do? Yeah. You're leaving wrong. I hadn't got to plan shit. (laughs) (laughs) I I think we get all, I get up and I, whatever the I'm dealt for the day, whatever's broken has got to be fixed. And then 
I do what then I I have my evening of of forging. Yeah, I mean, because that, that was like something that I I could probably talk to you for fucking hours about about like the whole being a, a rancher or a farmer or anything like that. It is just the vast majority of the time is either I think you said like getting water to places yep. or fixing things that are it's broke. fixing like, shit. Most yeah. of the time, it like there's this like I think I said it on another one. There's this glamorous idea of being a cowboy to, that you're out there horseback rounding up cows riding through them singing to them every day yeah. <laughs> and those days are kind of i wouldn't exactly you, mean you don't say lassoe things all the time what's that <laughs> you're not constantly just lassoing things like <laughs> no no I, I i don't know that i've ever actually lassoed anything i've roped a bunch of shit yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah it's it is just fixing stuff yeah. uh fix fixing roads fixing water lines fixing windmills tearing out trees to yep. cl- make more grass uh planting wheat in the fall which i'm getting ready to do so we've got feed for the winter it's yeah it's not the it's just not what everybody thinks and there yeah. are there are guys out there in jobs like that but yeah. those are few and far between. And I think that there's this kind of um, this illusion that people have that, oh, well, if you're if you're a rancher, if you're a cowboy, if you're a farmer, whatever, like you're you work, you get up at whatever time, you know, you start work at eight, you work through and you, know, you have a couple hours off at lunchtime because it's hot and you're your own boss. You can do what you want. And then you go back for a few more hours of talking to your cows or doing whatever and then you you finish <laughs> at five and, and that's rocks it. with the golf club yeah and, <laughs> and that's it but like i think there's like a complete lack of understanding that actually nine to that ten you're up and out before most people are even awake and more often than not you you don't get back until ridiculous time anyway and and if something breaks it needs fixing there and then there is no like oh I'll do it in the morning it's, that's one of the big ones is you know Hell, we we we'll have a real big. We'll get six inches of rain in about forty-five minutes around here. It doesn't happen often, but it yeah. does happen. And then all your fences are gone on your on the south end of the ranch. And it, it doesn't matter if it's two o'clock in the morning. Something has got to be put up. Just yeah, even if it's half-assed, and it is damn sure half-assed. It's got to be fixed <laughs> so all your animals don't get out right then. Yeah. Right. Uh, and it's and amazing always- how long those half-assed fences will last. Oh god, yeah, they be- they get left up for years. Yeah, until the I next remember- big rain. Yeah, I can- <laughs> exactly. Um, I can remember uh, going back years and years ago when I was still living at home, and I was working at one of the local pubs, and uh, we'd had a-, a late night, and I came back from work at like t- I think I left the pub at like half one, so I was back home around two two fifteen. And um, and I was just about to head upstairs and go to bed. And the this is back before everyone had a mobile phone. Um, and the house phone started ringing. And I was like, nobody should be phoning us at this time in the morning. Like, what the fuck is it? So I kind of picked up and was like, hello? And uh, it was one of dad's farmer friends who had been contacted by the police because a bunch of cows were out on like an A road, like a, a dual carriageway. Um, luckily it was two in the morning, so there wasn't that many cars around, but the police had had to like shut down the road and they were trying to find out whose cows they were. Got hold of us. Turns out they weren't our cows, but 
we knew we'll that by them. the time yeah, like, <laughs> but they could have been <laughs> yeah exactly they are now yeah but by the time they'd rung around to find out exactly whose they were this would have been a major like we knew which field they'd come out of we knew pretty much who owned it but it was just easier for us to say right let's just go get them and sort them out than mm-hmm. worry about it and you we bet. um we ended up like i went up, woke up dad and was like um i think some of our cows are out he spoke to the guy and uh like sorted it out but that was it like then we had to get up go out um round up these cows bring them all in count how many were there um eventually got hold of this other farmer this is like a few hours later someone else had got hold of the other farmer and then driven out to where we were to say oh there should be like 50 of them and there's only 46 here or whatever uh hunting around trying to find the last few cows finding one that had got through another hedge and was into some woodland and we had to grab it out of there get it back put it back in the field fix the fence that they'd got they'd broken through and i mean like you say it was a very fucking half and you're doing all that shit afoot aren't you yeah yeah yeah. you weren't riding horses oh fuck no no we had a quad one quad and uh sounds miserable and a land rover (laughs) but but most of this was in places where you know you might be able to get the quad but that was it most of it was just on foot i i've been up since like eight in the morning I was knackered. Dad had had a few hours sleep and then been woken up. But by the time we got home, we didn't get home till like half six. So then dad has to go out, get the cows in, start milking. And that's it. He's just carries on working all through the day then because he's got shit that needs to get done. And there was no like, oh, well, I've had to get up. So I'll have a, I'll have a nice long line. It was just, <laughs> right, well, let's, let's crack on and, and, and get on with the day sort of thing. And uh, yeah, that, that sort of shit happens way too often and people don't always realize that yeah it's it's troubleshooting all the time yeah but <laughs> there was one other thing sorry it's just gulping down the water uh there was one other thing i want to ask as well um so you said earlier on about the fact that you're you're finding with the hammers because you make uh ha- as well as hammers to water you make batches for well shot don't you yep um and you're kind of Getting to the point where it's becoming Welshcon.com. That's it. Oh yes. God. <laughs> we don't have any sponsors on this podcast, but they're, they're not a sponsor of mine either. They're just good friends. Yeah. They're good people. Good, they're good people. They are good people. Yeah. Yes. Cause I I hearing the, the story you were telling on uh on Full Blast where you know you got to go down and do a bit of forging there. It they they really do sound like good people. They um, are. But yeah, so you said you kind of like, you're not getting bored of hammers, but they're becoming they're starting to become a little bit tiresome um uh, what yeah. what sort of thing would you you know what what do you want to do next what sort of things do you want to move into you know furniture has always been what i've wanted to make and forge furniture uh, yeah Ooh, nice i made that rocking chair that was pretty much a direct rip off of one that tim cisneros made yeah but just that sort of thing is Furniture's got is is I guess as close as I'd come to art because you can make some pretty complex shit and some pretty neat forgings and it's yeah. still a functional, useful item. Yeah. I really uh, like that. But that just furniture in general, and especially if you're gonna forge it, is such a large undertaking. You've got to set yeah. aside so much time. It's not something you can kind of work on five minutes here and five minutes there between heats on hammers and shit. You got to set aside a month to make yeah. a table or a chair or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to get, do more 
of that, but I don't anticipate that happening anytime soon. Okay. Uh, That'll yeah. be interesting to see, though. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of thoughts about more sculptural or functional blacksmithing, things like furniture. Um, and a lot of it just seems like, you know, it would be neat to say that you could forge a chair. Yeah. Uh, but it starts to get, it's, it's just like logistics. How the hell do you mm. fit, you know, even a U-shaped bar the size of your chair legs? How do you do that with the forge? Because you can't <sighs> turn it, you know? Yeah. to do it after heats and planning all that stuff seems like it's going to be pretty difficult but i oh. i do enjoy the challenge yeah I mean, whenever that's... whenever i built that chair and i had a buddy help me struck for me and i've been forging for right around seven months whenever i made that yeah and it was just looking back on it it was that was a bit off way more than i could chew <laughs> <laughs> and it was just such an ambitious project for such a rookie to yeah. do. But, but you know, like it, the the fireplace set you made, Ben, with yeah. like the the copper kind of rivets and shit. Yeah, like that's halfway there to a chair, right? Yeah, that's that's, that that's furniture essentially. It is, it is, and I got a I got a couple of fireplace sets I need to make, and I've got kind of some different ideas for them, but it's not big and elaborate enough for what I right. want to do. Okay. Yeah, I want to do some more complex joinery than just that. Yeah, yeah. See, I I really like, like Fireforge complex idea. or <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god! If I could, yeah. <laughs> if I had the brain power to think out that shit, then yes. But I I'm like I said, I can't draw out a stick figure, and so <laughs> whatever I'm gonna make has got to be inside my head, and it's got to stay in there because I can't draw it out. Or show yeah. anybody else to help. They any anything I make, if I have somebody helping me, they've just got to trust that I've got an idea and just hit the, hit where I say. Yeah. All turn out. <laughs> yeah. Versus, you know, show them what we're gonna do and have a. They can they can be working towards the same goal. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that helps me, they have no goal to work towards. <laughs> just doing what they're told. Steve, yep. you've done like fences and gates and shit before haven't you uh no i've never done any uh oh, right. gates or anything like that i think it, i just it, had this like romantic idea of you being the village blacksmith and like yeah. everyone in the village <laughs> having like all their fences and gates done by you yeah because well, that's like i've had a few people ask about doing it and again it's the same problem because i'm doing you know i'm doing five days a week for alex now and before that i was doing four days in the office and then i'd have four days off but I'd be doing at least two of those would be working for Alex. And then the other two days, I didn't want to be constrained by, oh, I've got to make this uh, this gate for so-and-so or this. That. But at the same time, I now kind of wish that I had done those projects just because it's the same thing. Like I, I really have a desire to make larger, more elaborate pieces. Um, and I think furniture is a really good one because it allows you to do the same sort of scale and the same sort of creativity as a um, as a sculptural piece, but it still has um, that functionality. You're still like, mm. for me, a sculpt. The, the thing that I don't like about doing sculpture myself is the fact that there's no um, criteria for judgment. Like it's the it, it's a sculpture, 
and that that's it like it, it's not necessarily it's it's a purely um subjective um thing as to whether it's good or not whereas with a chair if you sit in it and it falls apart it's not a good chair like and, <laughs> if, and that, if it comf comfortably holds your ass you succeed yeah, exactly and and that's what i like i like that kind of that um that kind of acceptance criteria um but at the same time i love the fact that you can go anywhere with it you can do whatever you like you can make um you can make it as elaborate or as simple and basic and as as clean or as crazy as you want and i really um i, I really want to try experimenting with more stuff like that but again it comes down to like say time practicality and 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 being able to say right actually you know what i'm going to set this entire week aside and i'm going to work on this one thing and mm. see if i can get it right and, and like you say having that design in your head and not having it out on paper it's not like you can sketch it out because i'm the same i can't draw for shit and if i try and explain it to someone i can be like oh yeah but you have this thing and you have this other thing here like this and they're going well i don't understand what the fuck you're talking about and no it's a chair and it's got this thing and it's yeah. got this other thing like this and yeah. it's got this place that cradles your ass yeah, exactly. so, so we're gonna make a chair you know a, a chair, chair right, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh, but it's different it's got this other thing yeah but it's still a chair yeah <laughs> um but yeah like trying to explain that sort of like trying to explain how something looks in your head to someone that's not in your head is fucking impossible if you don't have those yeah. um those skills and i mean that's one of the things that i like about doing the the fusion 360 stuff is the fact that i can the smaller stuff I can now sketch out and I can design and I can, I can make on the computer to show people first. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I've got some big, uh, I've got a lot of like lamp ideas and I mean, I've got one that I've had for fucking years and it's, it's like a eight foot tall, 12 foot wide lamp, basically like a floor standing <laughs> lamp that I really want to do. And it, I, I love the idea of, um, but I just I, I don't have the, the capability to do something like that. Here's your that, 1100 pound reading lamp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's and it, I mean, that is as much a sculpture as it is a, a functional thing. But I could I could quite easily convert it into just a sculpture. But I like the idea of having the, the light on it. So it, it has that function for me, creating something that's not that has no function whatsoever. The, I think I, I, I fall down because I don't like having no acceptance criteria. Mm -hmm. but, Al, yeah. Al's table idea, like being commissioned to make this humongous table, hmm. I would love that. I don't know where I'd find the time to do it. But just that whole <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you work it out, can you tell me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, something like a big, I don't remember how, how long you said it was going to be, but enormous like, table. Um, four and a half meters yeah that's i don't know what that is uh, 15 <laughs> 15 feet 15 yeah feet. that that sounds awesome with a forged base and this massive wood top oh that, yeah yeah and see i i like woodwork too and i'm kind of backwards from a lot of guys that forge metal everybody hates wood but i like doing woodwork too yeah well you can tell by the way you handle shit it looks yeah. nice. Yeah. It's not like yeah, Steve yeah. just put a twig in it and then <laughs> <laughs> replace it when it snaps. No, don't worry. It's how they do it in Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> that butcher worked so well. 
yeah. with that <laughs> stick on it. I couldn't yeah. believe it. That's Brilliant. Good. That's the thing. Top tools, it doesn't matter because you just what you're doing is holding it in place. It's fine. I I, I put sticks in top tools. Yeah. All, all of our <laughs> really tools. really nice ones though. Yeah. <laughs> no, just just damn stick. Yeah. All, uh, all of our handles, whatever you have handy, just something yeah. to have a piece of wood in there to hold. Yeah. Because I mean, like <clears throat> the wedges that you do, like the the striped wedges, are fucking yeah. glorious. But is, is that what is that what it's is that what it's going to take, Ben? Is it going to take someone to commission you then? Because I would never have made a fucking banqueting table in a million years. Like I have to learn joinery. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would do better off doing it on my own, right? With no time constraints. Like, yeah, you mm-hmm. got a month to make this chair or whatever go to it mm. actually yeah. it'd be better off if they said you've got a year to do it yeah <laughs> and then <laughs> i'll sit around and you wait until the last month yeah i'll think <laughs> yeah. about it for 11 months and then i'll start <laughs> yeah. on it yeah yeah so with, with uh, uh i don't know how it works uh, um with the kind of ranch work that you do but do you get like a busier time of the year and a quieter time of the year or are you just Full ball all the way through. Spring the and fall are generally busier. It's time you work your calves, uh, planting wheat, that sort of yeah. shit. Summer, it's just kind of maintaining water. Yeah. Winter is maintaining water, breaking ice, make sure they have a. Uh, the stock tanks have not got you know four inches of ice in them, and then feeding yeah. feeding in the winter. Okay, but so do you reckon you might be able to kind of like if you mentally set yourself aside some time and said, right, I'm going to take in in the whole of this month. Every spare minute I've got, I'm going to work on making a whatever. No, I'll be making hammers instead. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. That makes sense. That's right. It, you know, like it, I'm not exactly burnt out on hammers, but it's it's grown. It grew a lot faster than I had ever anticipated. Yeah. And just keeping up with demand because I can only make so many. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that's kind of kind of drives the demand because there aren't ever going to be, you know, as many as like a guy like Jim Pork can make who's doing them on a CNC machine. Yeah. Uh, I would like, I mean, I really need to just set out a time and say like one day a week will be furniture day. Yeah. And then I can have do all the rest of it time. But that one day is me time and I'm going to make something that I, yeah. And just sitting down and doing that. Yeah, I think it, it, that's a really important thing, especially when you're doing, because you are at the point where, like you say, your, your craft has become a, a uh, sorry, your hobby has become a job because you're you're not you're not in control of what you make. It's not like a case of, you know, oh, I'm going to make a load of stuff and then I'm going to make what I want and then put a price tag on it. And if people buy it, great. You're, you have commissions to make all these hammers and you know that's yeah. what you're known for. You know they're going to sell. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it is really important to kind of try and put that time constraint in of like, actually this, this one day of the week or this half a day or whatever, like is, is what is, is me time. It's, it's the time that I get to make for me and that's it. Yeah. Cause I'm trying to do that at the moment with, with work. I'm, I've said to Al, I want to do four and a half days a week. And that, that Friday afternoon is my playtime, whether, whether that's, that means when we, that, that's when we break shit like a yeah, power hammer. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> On Fridays, I'd like to break something in your shop. <laughs> you. um, You're welcome. 
<laughs> Everybody's going to be happy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like yeah, I, that that's when I get to either work on commissions that I've I've been asked to do, or just make fun shit, or even if it is just me going actually you know what i'm just going to practice making nails because i know i need to practice at it or whatever like it's it's that time where i haven't got to worry about what's on the to-do list it can just be i need to do this or i want to do this and i can just do that um and i think that time is is important because it allows you to uh, it allows you to grow it allows you to improve the things that you want to improve on and it just gives you that freedom to to kind of relax and have that breathing space and and to do like we said earlier on it 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 removes that um that pressure of i have to do this or i have to do that it's just i can do whatever i want and being able to do whatever you want is spiffing what's the order again babs Babs, is that Ben or Brett first? It's Ben. Ben, you are first then, my friend. Fantastic. Who would you like to spiff? I would like to spiff Leah Arapach. And it's on Instagram, L-E-A-H-A-A-R-I-P-O-T-C-H. And she is a blacksmith fabricator. And what's crazy is her work is not even really my style but it's just so incredibly neatly done. It's so creative. Uh, Really, really neat stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just scary enough as well. There's something in it that's just like just the right amount of creepiness. (laughs) It it is. It's it's really incredible work. Yeah. I mean, like just looking, because this is a page that I've not even heard of before and looking through it, uh whilst we were discussing who we're going to spiff like there's just some incredible stuff on it mm. it's so those well like done plant well. monster things are amazing yeah like, all the teeth and shit yeah she has got a centipede necklace and there is nothing in the world i hate more than a centipede <laughs> <laughs> and just looking at it kind of creeps me out and yet i can still appreciate it yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean and what i love is the fact that it's not just forge stuff as well there's so much other stuff going on in the actual work as well it's, mm. it's fucking incredible oh god yeah i've just seen the centipede necklace that's it's horrid terrifying, <laughs> but glorious at the same time yep yeah good shout uh babs which means al you are next uh i would like to spiff uh our good friend dandles at the wonky workshop um, he's in the middle of, I think, basically rebuilding his whole workshop um, at home. And I've been kind of following it on Instagram, and it's just a testament to, like, overkill. Like, co- I love fucking code, right? For someone as, like, rogue as me and amateur and bullshit and just, like, bodge jobs, I also yeah. really love, like, building shit to regulations and going above and beyond. So it's just, yeah. like, bomb-proof. Like... The shack is way fucking above what it needs to be. Like, just the other, construction. Other than size. Other than size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it potentially could be, like, ten times as big and made out of the same shit and still stand up. Um, <laughs> but, he's yeah, he's just doing everything, like, 
way over than it needs to be, and it's just going to be rock solid, like a bomb proof. Uh, and I ho- I'm hoping he's going to make a video out of the build because mm. he's putting a lot of work into it. Um, but it's just like problem solving along the way um, and seeing people how like I love seeing people like roof shit and just build structures is really satisfying. Mm-hmm. Like seeing mm-hmm. them come from nothing and just being built. So yeah, I'm assuming everybody follows Dandles, but if you don't, go check him out. Wonky Workshop. Yeah. Nice man. He and is. he also put me in touch with the dude that I got the, the slabs off. So it's a double ah, spiff. Of course, yeah. Yeah, good shout. Uh, yeah, we love Dandles. Bless him. Uh, Babs B. Brett, you are next. Yes. So I'm going to spiff a hardworking smith that I think most of us know, uh, but I've been following Caleb Wahlberg for a while, ever since Chris Cash uh, presented him to me. I don't know. Present that sounds him. weird. Um, but Caleb's great, like quick and dirty tool production, just making stuff that does the work. Um, and I'm getting a guillotine from him mm-hmm. because I've been wanting one for a long time. And as much as, you know, I'd love to support every Smith that I'm, that I'm buddies with. Cliff Dufton happens to make stuff that's so goddamn nice. He also charges a very good amount for it. And I love him. But Caleb, uh, you know, gets stuff for the, for the general working man. Or those of us, those of us <laughs> with maybe not so much of a, of a wallet behind. So I... turns out some product. Yeah, he, he really just... Makes a lot of stuff. Now, if you haven't noticed, his tools have been in sale on sale for like years. So you know they're cheap. Go look them up. <laughs> Caleb's doing a good job. Support the guy. He's working hard, making cool shit. I know Adam C has got the t-shirts of him too, and he's got his goats and everything. Plays music. Seems like a genuinely awesome dude. Nice, Caleb. Is, is getting the same thing as Shia? No, no. No, the no. tool for a blacksmith is it's like a spring swage, but without the spring in it. So it allows you to. Oh yeah, a, sure, yeah, like a, like yeah. A, you literally put it on the anvil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All oh, right, so it's not a yeah. big shear, right? No, no, no. no. Uh, cool. Yes, good shout. Ah, yes, cool. Right. Yes. Yeah. So Fuck that away. being said, uh, I am going to. I fucking hate the pair of you. Uh, I'm going to go with a. Uh, Another blacksmith as well, actually. Um, so we have definitely spoken about Sam Ritt on the podcast before. Uh, Sam I uh, I Sam R I T T E. But if you put an R on the end of that, you get Sam Ritter, who is a phenomenal blacksmith who was actually worked for Al, as in my Al, not Loud Al. Um, years ago uh when i first met alex um sam was working for him since then he's gone over and he now i think lives full-time in sweden with um uh frederick and the guys from uh grounds um but he is he's he's kind of like joe in the fact that he is a phenomenal smith but just isn't very active on social media doesn't particularly boast about it or anything like that um but yeah sam is incredibly talented um he's not incredibly talented he's incredibly skilled he has worked very very hard to be good at what he does and 
he his work um what little work he puts up is always incredibly cleanly forged really inspirational um very much kind of like one day i'll i'll be that good kind of um stuff uh obviously working with the grand the guys at grand Swords, there's a lot of um axes and stuff but there's also quite a lot of sculptural things like some really nice candle holders and and shit like that and just really nice. uh yes that's it yeah yeah just some really nice work on there um so yeah i would definitely suggest you go and check out uh sam at ritter forge um like i say he's I still already following him ah perfect uh he's part of the um the Swedish guild that I am not even going to try and pronounce the name. Nor Helsinki Yardmindigil. Exactly that. That one. That was fucking beautiful. Uh, so yeah, if you want, you can go check out those guys uh, as well because they're all very good. But yeah, that's it. Um, is there any other business? Anything else you guys want to talk about? Before yeah, I've, we, got, uh, pu- I've got a public service announcement. Yep. If you're welding... Uh, like a crane rig, a che- like a, a hoist in the the rafters of your roof, and the the roof's too low for your wear your mel- welding helmet. Uh, make sure that you've got like ear protection on because all the sparks from the welding go in your ear. ear it, really, <laughs> it really fucking hurts. Yeah, it's it's when you hear welding splatter <laughs> yeah. fizzing. It's in more your the ear. smell, the smell yeah. of burning ear flesh. Yeah, it's, it's y'all not have pancake masks over there. No, I've just got like a full like visor thing helmet, but I need to get all the pipeline welders have that pancake mask into one side of it, just covers an ear. Ah, genius! Ah. Yeah, see, that's what we need. Yep, <laughs> get me one of them. Ben's a guy yeah. that knows things. He does well. know things. <laughs> <laughs> I know uh, some things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, nothing else? No. Cool. Enjoyed uh, it, fellas. Good. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Thank you for yeah. having me. Ben, where, where can everyone find you? Just uh, one final time in case people aren't already following you. At Ben Snur, B-E-N-S-N-U-R-E on Instagram. Fantastic. And if they um, want to watch your one YouTube video? I don't even remember what it's under. <laughs> hey, you've, you've got a video on YouTube? How did I not know that? Uh, it's the same one has been on Instagram, I think. But uh, I'm, not, I'm never going to be a YouTuber. That was... <laughs> I talked about said. it. I made my one stop motion video, and I did something else, and that is entirely too much work. And I don't watch YouTube, so it just doesn't have a whole lot of appeal to me. Yeah, that's, that's fine. That's, that's what Chris Cash said, and then he had like a fucking million views. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he I did kill admit, it on that. That's the only thing that I I feel we've missed out a little bit on on this episode is we haven't given Chris anywhere near enough shit. Um, but so if if you're listening and you're bored, just go to uh, Mount underscore Philip. There's no S. No S. <laughs> underscore, underscore, underscore. Yeah. Phillips, whatever. Uh, Everybody knows who he is. Yeah. Just go get, go give Chris some shit because he deserves it. Um, that poor bastard's off scuba diving somewhere right now. I know. The prickin Fucking hobbies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to find us, you can find us in all of the social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Hack Shack! There we go. Uh, 
if you're playing this as a group, Fools of Tools at FWT Podcast or FWTPodcast.com. Um, yeah, that's it. Ben, thank you ever so much. This has been so much fun. Um, and yeah, hopefully we'll see you guys again soon. Bye! Bye! Bye.